episode of War Talking Drums is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one drumstick manufacturer. With 22 models to choose from, you can get the right size, weight, and feel for your playing. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums. Today we have our good friend and his, it'll be his second appearance on the show uh, you know him from his YouTube channel and also his many appearances on the Spectre Sound Studios YouTube with Glenn Fricker. Uh, we have Cameron Flurry joining us once again. How you doing, buddy? Hey. Hey, hey, hey. All is well, man. All is well. <laughs> it's good to have you back, man. Thanks for uh, for joining us again. It's been a minute. Thanks for having me back. This is cool. I like chatting with you guys. I feel like, uh, you know, this is like the second date. I feel like now we're, <laughs> Corey, you said our good friend, but I think we can now say <laughs> That's best friend. It. We went from good to best. <laughs> second date? Yeah. You you move quick, eh? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No time for nonsense. No time. That's it. No, no time for nonsense. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll learn. I'm all well, or nothing. That leaves me feeling very vulnerable. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my heart is in your hand. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, Cam, man, you've been quite busy over there. Um, let's let's just dive right into this. Um, you have spent uh, what well, on like how long did it take you to do your new studio build and for those of you who who don't know uh cam has released uh, a new video going through his new studio uh, uh for doing his uh, remote drumming and go head over to his youtube channel we will we'll pause here go check out his youtube channel uh check out the video on his for his studio, and and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll come back to that. All right. So now that everyone's done that, uh, Cam. <laughs> so how long uh, did it take you to actually uh, build this thing? And and let's uh, let's just like get right into the nitty gritty of of things here, man. Well, it took it took way too long. Like long story short, but I can I can make this a long story long too but uh as far as that's concerned like the timeline of building the studio was like uh, over the course of a year because where the studio is positioned is in the basement of a newly renovated house that we've been working on as well so everything had to be timed in essence and structured around the whole construction of the house so it wasn't necessarily just like a studio build which kind of complicates things because there was a real necessity of having the completion of the studio done as like quickly as possible. But I kind of had to wait for the contractor and stuff to finish the rest of the house because it was like, you could only go as fast as the people and trades that are booked in to do the work. So I can lengthen a little more, but as far as it's concerned, it, it probably took a year by the time we were back in the house. 
and and a lot of the, a lot of the work was done myself, except obviously for the drywall and stuff because drywall is just such a pain in the ass. Nobody likes nobody likes drywall. Even the drywallers don't like drywall. <laughs> but um, it was a long yeah it was it was like it was a long long process and it, there was a lot of mistakes, a lot of curse words, a lot of frustration, and it's still not where it needs to be. But it's. It's workable. Well, I mean, just after watching uh, the video tour that you have on YouTube, I wouldn't have guessed that it's not where it needs to be because it looks awesome so far. Like, I know if I had a studio like that, I'd be pretty stoked. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm very lucky to be in the position I'm in. I'm very lucky. And I'm very grateful for, you know, that's why I put a lot of time into it too because like any of us drummers, it's a dream come true. Like to have your own studio space to just go into the space and do what you please and not have to worry about mm-hmm. other things, you know, like going to a rehearsal space, having to li- listen to another guy play, you know, that's maybe not been playing as long. It can be frustrating or another band that practices too loud. And I did that for many years, decades. So this is very, very, a very lucky opportunity for me. And it looks beautiful, man. Like, uh, I know I have my own little setup here, but uh, that's just in my basement. But I didn't really take the time uh, and effort to, like, fully do it up. Uh, I just made it functional. But your studio just looks like a clean, beautiful environment to walk into and and be creative in every day. So I applaud you for that, man. You made it look look extremely comfortable to, to record in. So it's fantastic. Thank you. Well, I mean, like audio is not where it needs to be and some more measurements need to be taken and, and more acoustic treatment needs to be added. But it's better than it was. Much better. And yeah, and I feel like it's probably one of those things, too, where much better, you know, you're going to fine tune the sound of the room. Uh, the longer you're in it, you're going to start noticing, oh, there's some weird frequencies here or this sounds strange. Maybe I can make things sound a little bit better if I add a panel on this wall or something like that. Yes, Yes, of course. Yeah, there, there's lots like there's there's a few things that can be done, like adding some diffusion, which is basically if you're not if you're not like if you didn't go down a rabbit hole like I did with acoustics, diffusion is basically just like pushing the waveforms or the audio back into the room to make it sound bigger, to make it appear bigger. It's not absorbing it. It's diffusing it on two different planes or if it's a one-dimensional diffusion system, then on one plane. But that needs to be added yet because there's still it still needs to be a little more lively and spacious in the recordings. And there's a few other things that need to be added. But yeah, it's, uh, you can go down that rabbit hole if you please. It's a pretty interesting rabbit hole, I think. I mean, I haven't really gone too deep, but I know that you know, there's a lot of myths out there whenever it comes to treating a room. Um, I mean, I think everybody, when they started drumming, they always heard the the old egg carton trick. Yeah. Um, which is just asking to burn your house down. <laughs> yeah, your insurance company won't like that. <laughs> I've never actually used egg cartons before. Have, have either of you? No. Not. No. Not at all. Never. Doesn't doesn't seem like a great idea to me, but... In, in theory, it seems to be practical. Totally. Um, one thing I saw on uh, your video that I thought was really interesting, and I'd never heard of this before, was... Uh, you were showing uh, some of your bass traps, and uh, I think you said that you used like the Rockwell Safe and Sound or something like that, um, which I have heard of. But what I found really interesting was that you said that you had put a layer of brown craft paper over it before you put the fabric on to bounce back some of the uh, 
the higher frequencies, which I thought was a like really cool idea, and I'd never heard of that before. Um, is that just like a, a little trick that you found online, or was it something that you kind of thought of? Yeah, I'm definitely not taking full credit for that. You can use that. You can use craft paper. It's like it's super cheap. Get it at Staples if you want to build one for yourself. And you could use that, or you can use you know that polyfilm they use as a vapor barrier, basically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Just use like six yeah. mil poly. It, it can't be any thinner than six mil because it won't it won't respond acoustically the same. So like six mil or greater in thickness will give you the same result. But I found that on like online forums and just doing some deep dives because it's like there's a lot of it's, it's like anything. It's like same with specialty drums or like like aircraft or anything specialty. As soon as you slap that word on it or acoustics is when it's really going to start to start to add up in price. So if you can source the materials and find little ways like that to help you achieve a better sound, then that's one of the ways to do it. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting idea because I've made a number of um, acoustic panels myself before. And, uh, you know, I've never really had a room. Usually it's just kind of like uh, in like a, an attempt to make the room sound a little less shitty for jamming in or some like, scratch like demo recordings and stuff like that but i thought that was just like a really interesting idea that i'd never heard of before mm-hmm. now did you uh get an uh a, a mm. professional to take a look at your room as far as the acoustics go on on the treatment that you've already put in there or did you kind of just plan everything yourself uh and and kind of figure that all all out on your own well Originally, I was talking to an acoustician or room designer named James Landon Schmidt, and he's from JIK Acoustics. And he gave me a full rundown of what, because he's, you know, we talked and he's a fan of Glenn's channel, so he definitely knew who I was. And aside from that, he suggested a mm-hmm. boatload of different treatment options to, like, to get the best sounding drum room possible. So... He pretty much laid it all out for me. And he's like, you can get it through us. It's going to cost this much money. Or you can go the DIY route and, you know, do it that way. But there's still specific things that, you know, um, that are that are tough to do on your own. So unless you really know what you're doing, if you're a really handy guy, then you can go that route. But he yeah, he helped he helped design all of it and uh, give me a, a boatload of advice that I always retort back to. And, um, I, yeah, I just consulted a few online forums and there's a lot of information out there. If you got the time, it's definitely worth it. Cause acoustic treatment, like to buy it outright is super expensive, but if you do have the budget for it, then getting that new preamp or a new microphone is not going to do a whole lot or as much for you as the acoustic treatment will. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, treating your room is is the is the best thing you can do even when it comes to mixing and everything. Like there's no point in getting like the best monitors in the world if your room's not treated properly and the the exact same thing goes for the live room as well, right? I agree. Now, when when you um were doing this, were you looking for a a more dead room to record in. Uh, so you have less frequencies to kind of deal with um, bouncing back or did you want a livelier room? Cause you did talk about adding in diffusion to get more 
um, liveliness in the room. But uh, was that something you went into it like uh, with that idea of of having a, a debtor room, or do you did you want uh, a livelier room? Because um, most of the time, like you need a a big room to make it uh, sound big, obviously, right? But uh, it being in a basement, you only have so much space to to work with, um, so. Yeah, did did you want it to be a dead room or, or did you want it to be a uh, a lively room? Well, the intention was just to have a room that was balanced enough to capture the source without flutter echo or comb filtering mm-hmm. or anything like that. So that and the base trapping was the primary concern and the most important. As far as being strictly like on, on in line with a certain idea, like I want the room to be dead, I, ne- I never necessarily had that in mind. The, the thing in regards to that I did have in mind was that if if I did leave the room too dead, then I would be left with a lot less options when it comes to post-production or mixing the drums. Mind you, there's a lot of different variants. You can be, you know, it all depends how you are and what perspective you have and what sound you're looking to achieve. But if you go with the dry drum room, you can make it sound like Capitol Studios because the source is dry. And when you add those effects and process it with those reverbs, then you have a way more accurate representation with a dead room as opposed to a live room. So there's really some a bunch of things you can think about as to how you want to proceed with making your live room. But uh, me personally, I never, I just wanted it to be better than what it was. I wanted to get rid of the comb filtering and I wanted to tame the low end because I wanted the toms and the snare to really you know, be punchy in the mix. So there's one thing that I, uh, that you talked about in your video. And I feel like this is kind of every drummer's dream. Uh, you know, there's, and I think this is something that a lot of newer drummers, um, kind of mix up the difference between acoustic treatments and soundproofing. And you not only acoustically treated your room, but, uh, seems like you did quite a bit or you put quite a bit of an effort in to make sure that your room is fairly soundproof, from the rest of your house as well. So um, would you be able to go into a little bit of detail on that as to you know, how you can actually achieve a, a more soundproof room uh, and like you know, what went into that? Yeah, if you're like, obviously you're a drummer listening to the show, but if you're looking to just like, if you're looking to cut down noise, your best friend as far as, you know, trying to get sound in, keep sound in a room is mass. Right. So you can you can add mass by creating air gaps or adding layers of gypsum board or, you know, type X drywall or whatever, whatever. But uh, I it's it's tough. Like the process here, it was really dependent on a budget. And to do the system that I did was rather expensive. And I wouldn't go out and flat out say, you know, go do this because like it's it's literally going to it's literally going to call you, you know, cost you quite a bit. But add mass, like add mass to any openings, any windows. And by mass, I don't mean just like throw up blankets. Blankets are still able to be passed through, like with low frequencies, able still, it's still able to be passed through it. So I'm, maybe I'm going off topic with this, but no, it's all good. I'm, uh, I think with the soundproofing, it gets a little confusing because uh, soundproofing and sound like acoustic treatment are way mm-hmm. like two different things, two very different things. Soundproofing, you're trying to get the sound from traveling to another room. 
sound treatment, you're trying to get the room to react a certain way. But with soundproofing, I think mass and the like and decoupling a room. So what I mean by that is basically building a room inside of a room. And if you if you have the means to do that, that's a really good way to do it. But um, mass is definitely the number one most important thing when it comes to soundproofing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I always love the room inside a room concept, and I've, uh, I actually have somewhat kind of uh, done that here. Well, at least I have uh, like a double wall on the one side. So it is definitely more for uh, sound proofing it. Uh, so um, everyone else in the house doesn't uh, get my annoying drums as loud as they are down here. But um, but they do still get them, right? Oh, absolutely. 100% in the whole house. Because <laughs> you know? that, that, that's hard to do uh, in general, man. Like drums are so loud trying to get them to not travel like through uh air vents or anything like that did you have any trouble with that stuff because i assume that you didn't have a whole separate ventilation system for just your studio right it's all it would be all connected uh technically it is disconnected because the way the rest of the house is run is through like like just the boxes that they make out of the aluminum and the rest of the stuff for the intakes and the returns that are going from or to and from my room are all flex line, insulated flex line. So that's one way to do it. When you snake flex line and do a bunch of curves and stuff, the sound has to, you know, do the pretzel to try and get through to the end of the maze. But um, there was some complications with that because that's why you see the two soffits up inside the live room and then throughout this room because that's where the HVAC's running to. So that posed a problem because I wanted that to be separate. I didn't want that to rattle and touch the walls and then travel through. And then the whole house vibrates at that frequency. So that was a challenge. And then there's also a return. So basically it draws the air into the machine. So it returns fresh air Uh, with a return because the drywall was two layers of five eighths drywall. And so basically it's an inch and a quarter off the stud. There was, there was an issue with trying to get that vent, sealed behind the drywall and the cavity between the drywall and the stud so i just i just lined that with um safe and sound insulation and then that seemed to seal the holes around that but then what you want to do inside of return is make kind of like a snake so it's like like this with drywall i guess they can't see it we're on an audio (laughs) podcast right um yeah i just i'm just so used to like yeah i don't know just kind of zigzag so yeah i just i just take Two layers of drywall. It's kind of zigzaggy, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just make like a little maze inside of the vent. That way, if any sound tries to come through or go out, it has to hit like multiple. <clears throat> That's really cool. I never knew right. that. And uh, it makes sense Q with the Angel? flex line too, because, um, you know, that's kind of not an exceptionally smooth thing if I'm thinking of the right thing. Um, nice. I like the remix. That's pretty cool. It's insulated, though. I mean, if you're looking into products, just make sure there's insulate. It's wrapped in insulation. But so that yeah, that was interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Learned a lot on that one. I've got a question. Um, so this is a you know you uh, well you own your house, so 
you know, you can kind of do whatever you want with it. So a lot of people, myself included, um, you know, I've, I'm stuck with renting rehearsal rooms and stuff like that. And, or some people, you know, I used to rent a house, which was nice because I could have my drums there. So if you had to do your best to treat and, and I'll say this in quotations, soundproof a drum room in a rental unit where you couldn't, uh, necessarily do big alterations, uh, structurally to the, to the building, what kind of things would you want to put in there, uh, and want to use, uh, especially if you're, you know, budget, like, if you don't have much of a budget, uh, if you want to kind of just do like a quick DIY, something to, you know, maybe make your neighbors less angry towards you when you're playing drums and stuff like that. So what would some of your go-tos be for doing something like that? You can find like, you know, when you're driving down the road and you see a bunch of old mattresses on the, on the side of the road, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like where this pick those up. I mean, you might contract something. <laughs> you might, you might contract something, make sure you get your checkups regularly with your, with your physician, but something like that you know something with mass like that'll help you with the soundproofing with the sound treatment do your corners first just do like a two by four panel make it out of two by fours and put a thing of safe and sound in it and then a cheap piece of fabric from fabric land or whatever that well well you can breathe through basically you want a piece of fabric you can feel your breath on the other side if you blow through it so that's the kind of fabric you want for that but do your corners like that and Throw up some mattresses, some really heavy blankets, like do lots of layers, and that'll be your best bud- budget. Ab- uh, mm-hmm. Excuse me, option. Got the word jammer on. Yeah, I've so, always um, yeah. wanted because I know that there's also you can get super heavy moving blankets. Um, there's actually a few companies that I've seen that make like acoustic moving blankets, um, which uh, I've never had them because they get pricey too. Especially if you want to like line the entire inside of your room uh, and leave like a little gap. I know, um, this is another YouTube guy, uh, David, R. David R. Have you heard of this guy? Um, he did a studio where he got these things and he, it's like he, you hang them like an inch or two away from the wall and he did like a decibel reading test and it seemed to be like make an all right difference. Um, I'm assuming they're not that flammable, but I would, I would hope at least. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing with that is, Low frequency is the worst and the most difficult to tame. So when you put up something like that, you sure you're cutting down the mids and the highs and you're kind of taming those strong frequencies. But really what you're trying to control is the low frequency and low frequency, like an 80 Hertz cycle is like 55.3 feet long or something like that. So it's going to take a lot of distance for that momentum to slow down. And what's going to happen when it hits that, that blanket, it's just going to push itself right through. So you're still going to be able to hear like the bottom end of your toms, your kick drum, right? But the cymbals might be quiet. It's not a bad option, but it's not. You'd have to look at mm-hmm. the lab testing, but yeah, it's it's an option. It, it'll cut it down. It's not going to be like, you know, you can't yell in a room no, and no. not hear it upstairs kind of thing. But it'll definitely, yeah. Yeah. I know I've used packing blankets just to to tame my room down a bit um just get a little less echo and create uh like a an iso booth essentially um and it it is definitely more for the high end uh the low end it's not really gonna do a whole lot for uh usually we'll pull in like a bunch of mattresses or whatever um and, and and use that but uh i know the yeah the the packing blankets, I have a ton of them. I used to work for a 
uh, moving supply company. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, did. Yeah, you took them when he left. They, no, <laughs> no. Over the years, man. Over the years, you acquire them. I <laughs> uh, worked for a moving company as well before that. Anyways, but um, yeah, it, it like it's a it's a cheap way to to do some kind of treatment to not allow everything to go everywhere because in an untreated room it can really become difficult when you just have frequencies bouncing all over the place into every different mic and you know once you get to the mixing stages you're like holy shit like i'm getting so much like bleed from this one symbol and this one tom mic because of the reflections and yeah so if you if you don't properly treat it acoustically uh, then just trying to deaden it uh, is what I have found to be the 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 best approach for it. One so. thing I um I noticed in your studio was that uh you so you got some pretty big sliding doors like the big glass doors, um which is pretty cool because that means like obviously like you know whoever's sitting at the control desk you or if you're drumming somebody else maybe you know you can at least see each other it seems like um pretty well so um. Are those like special doors or anything like that? Because I have heard things in the past where people like would have soundproof windows that have like a special gas between two panes of glass or something like that to kind of cut down. Um, or are those just kind of like regular old patio doors? Um, it's like it's it's a pretty high end patio door. Yeah. And it's designed it's designed for sound transmission and it does have gas between it. I believe it's argon. Don't don't quote me on its effects of audio transmission. But it does a great job, and low end's still going to go through your glass. But you know, it's it's there and it serves a purpose and it, it works well. And because the walls could only be so wide in this room, I couldn't put two layers of doors, and that would cost a small fortune anyway. Um, so that's what it is. It's nice. It's a patio door, basically. It seems like it really like would make the whole studio too kind of feel a bit more open. Like uh, I think that. It's easy for people to kind of forget that you're going to be spending a lot of time down there. You don't necessarily want to feel like you're in a cave all the time. Oh, yeah. You lose track of time. Looks like you got a nice size window behind you there, too. Yeah, there's uh, there's quite a few in, in this house. Um, yeah, there's three here. I have one and a quarter windows in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> like my whole apartment. <laughs> let's make some new ones yeah dude honestly it doesn't even it doesn't even look like you're in a that. basement at all like uh you know like you have full daylight like those are almost full-size windows like even it in my in my basement here i just have like very small uh windows up top which i just fill with uh uh moving pads anyways and block out all light because i like it dark in here but uh <laughs> Yeah, dude. And, yeah, yeah, we're mole people. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. But that that's awesome too when you're in the actual tracking room, you can look through the glass door and see the windows outside and you can see the natural daylight and everything like that, which is uh, a huge plus. Yeah, cuz you can really lose lose track of time sometimes. It is. It is. But it's but it's a real pain, like for shooting, because the glass that's on the door and the refraction of light from the window, it really like it it like it creates a lot of hot spots when you're shooting video. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from the, that being the un- only negative part, it's great. 
And then I just put like a little TV, just like a 32 inch TV in the drum tracking room and everything's all cat five, right? So you can do, um, you can do internet, you can do analog audio over ethernet, you can do HDMI and basically, so I have it all lined up. So I got the TV over there and then I can just put everything through that into over here. So I never have to get up. Yeah. And that's amazing. As a drummer, I hate getting up for anything. (laughs) Or anything, yeah. Oh, <laughs> if it fits, I sit. Man, I think that is one of the raddest parts about your studio. Like the thing that I love seeing the most was how you have everything routed and through the the Cat Five, um, and you literally just have your inputs in the walls. Do you mind like just taking a, a quick second to? I know everybody can go watch the video, or I I guess already has and see all this but just uh like what was your decision to do all this what pushed you to to run everything through this cat five line and then and and everything like that like i think it's a genius idea um i heard i heard about it from glenn fricker and then i thought to myself where do i see technology in 10 years and how, how, how can you transfer information or multiple types of information over the same type of connection? And that was really the, like the selling point of using cat or category five or category six cable, because like, yeah, it's just, it's just like the all in one cable. I mean, that's what our telephone lines originally were, right? Is long mm-hmm. twisted pairs. So that was really it. Like being able to run phantom power through it. The cleanliness of not having to have a, a spaghetti mess of XLRs all over the place was a uh-huh. definite must benefit. must be so nice. Um, now they can just yeah. stay on the carpet. Well, yeah, it is, you know, it is, but it's, you still got the mess of XLRs on your, on your drum rug, you know, but at least, you know, there's four wires going across the ground and it helps. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it keeps everything super clean, which is right. extremely hard to do uh, in a studio environment with drums. With how many mics you're running and everything, it's so hard to keep things clean. And that's one thing that I I just love to see is just like a nice tidy studio. And yeah, and it it just makes it easier to keep it clean too. So I love that man, and I love your thought process about you know like how things are going to progress into the future i i just love that way of thinking because so many of these guys are stuck in the past and like there's still guys who only run analog and it's just like man at a certain point you know it's 2021 like let's go come on (laughs) yeah some some people are stuck in their ways and they're used Mm -hmm. to routines and habits and it's tough to break i mean we all do it you know regardless of the topic but absolutely yeah. man mm-hmm. so now that you have your studio um you know how like how well, when did you actually finish it like you've probably had this for a little while now huh oh god maybe maybe two months ago maybe longer than that okay so like the maybe the thrill hasn't quite worn off yet the thrill I, it's, <laughs> it's yeah it's good um <laughs> I, yeah, I'm down here like Monday to Friday and till five o'clock. And then after that, that's it. And then I learn to shut everything down. And if I can't accomplish it between those hours of work, then then I'm, I've got to fix something. Some Something in the system needs to be changed. 
So I'm just trying to get used to the routine. You know, it's been longer. They say it takes like 21 days to establish a routine. It's getting pretty close, you know, so it's a, it, the workflow is a nice. lot easier. Like, as you may know, Corey, then and you too, Derek, that like if you're behind the drums, you can get distracted easy. But if you have time away from the drums and you plan your your out your content, you plan out what your plan of attack is, what your goals are and how you'd like to achieve it. It's it's like by the time you go back to your drums, you have a game plan and you just feel way more effective and intent like intentful with the, the time you spend. Right. So it's nice to be able to just take the time mm-hmm. till five o'clock and then have the time afterwards and weekends away from it, because then then you feel a little more impactful when you go back to it on, on the next business day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, totally. And uh, I think just with anything, I mean, especially with drums, and I know I've I've recently kind of discovered this to be true for me, at least, but like uh, too much of anything is a, not a great thing. So sometimes like the best thing you can do for yourself is to take some rest. And like take some time off. And I know even like when it comes to drumming, like I was uh, always pushing myself really hard to practice all the time. And then I got uh, I went back to school and I noticed I could only practice, you know, two times a week at rehearsal. But I started noticing that I, I felt like I was actually becoming a better drummer from that. And I think the only difference was all the extra rest time in between my practice sessions. And so sometimes it's nice to like step away from something and recharge. And then when you can come back to it, you can actually be more productive than yeah, you would have if you just kind of kept powering through. Yeah, I yeah, think it's rest like this. Is, yeah. Rest is just as important. There's like this construed idea of like being busy all the time, you know, is really good. And if I'm busy, it means I'm getting a lot of stuff done. But in reality, you're just spinning your tires. So taking that time away makes you really like step back and realize like what's important. And then you come back to it, then you're productive. You're not busy, you're productive. It's a big difference. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like I, man, I will say for the last like six That's months, a really or good so, I've been I've been diving down like the whole, uh, like mixing and audio engineering and, and recording myself all the time and like trying to do videos and this that and I just like put way too much of a workload on my plate that I was busy nonstop, but I wasn't feeling like I was being productive, um. But over the last, I'd say, three weeks, I've really narrowed down what I wanted to accomplish and and the specific roles that I wanted to do within my studio. And it's been the most productive three weeks uh, over since in the last year. So uh, really, like figuring out what you want to do uh, and on a very like narrow and specific type of way can be extremely beneficial rather than like trying to do literally everything, you know, like if you're really not that great at video, then you outsource it to somebody or editing or something like, so you can really get down to what you are good at. That's what I found for myself anyways. So, yeah, I I stopped caring. Like, I mean, it's got to look good to some degree, and I know I'm not a video editor, but it's like, if you're not delivering value, it doesn't matter what the hell you look like. People don't care about things that happen to you. They care about things that they want to learn. They care about things that will help them develop themselves to be a better person. Right? So video, yeah, it's, it's video. We're not making cinema. <laughs> we're not making cinema? Oh, really? I thought we were. <laughs> I thought it was, 
Damn it. <laughs> Damn That's it. why our sexy oh. calendars aren't selling. Corey does Dallas. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to return all those uh, banana hammocks now. Fuck. <laughs> After we stayed up all night signing them. Oh, nobody's <laughs> buying them. Damn it. <laughs> They're all sealed in Ziploc bags to keep the moisture. Yeah, free, free used. <laughs> you bring. <laughs> You bring them back and the guy at the cash is like, can't you see the receipt? It says final sale. And you've got like these things that are all signed. And he's like, what am I supposed to do with these? I thought th- I thought it was a quality product. Yeah. I'm sure you could bulk sell them to someone creepy. Oh. All right, dude. So um, <laughs> when you first got into the YouTube game and stuff like that, uh, you had some extremely successful uh, videos, or at least maybe not in the very beginning, but it was like uh, maybe about two, two, three years ago when you were doing um, Metallica played like Mike Portnoy, Dream Theater played like Lars Ulrich, you know, Slayer played like Ringo Starr. Like those are uh, all like super fun, uh, you know, somewhat lighthearted videos, but also full of fantastic playing so um you you went from that and i noticed that now you are going down the direction of more educational videos like your most recent one on how to use drum triggers which i think is fantastic because so many people don't well for one don't even understand what drum triggers are or how they can be extremely useful even in a studio situation. Because even for myself, I can just run a MIDI cable from my trigger module, and then boom, I have my MIDI. And even if you're not using that MIDI for your direct kick drum, there's so many uses for MIDI in a, in a mixing se- session, right? If you want to sidechain things or... You know, there's a lot that you can use it for, and I will always want to have that MIDI there. So even using that in studio is awesome. So I I love this new approach to your channel and everything you're doing. Um, are you are you ever gonna go back to uh, wearing uh, fake beards and uh, <laughs> doing silly uh, silly drum <laughs> videos, or uh, is it uh, serious? cam from here on out oh i don't know that's kind of up in the air right now it like i do like playing dress up you know but uh there's there's a time and a place <laughs> there's a time don't and a place all. but uh yeah. <laughs> there's a time and a place for a fake beard ironically enough i know nobody listening is going to be able to hear this but i have a fake beard literally right here <laughs> oh that's awesome it's wonderful over your real it beard. smells like regret <laughs> It smells like a lot of things. Oh. <laughs> I'll just say I won't be able to return oh, the beard either. Oh. Oh. oh, no. Two for one on eBay. Just put somebody's name on it and you're good to go. <laughs> HotDerek.com. Oh, oh. New business venture? I, but to like touch back on uh, Corey's question there, it would be nice. And, and I can tell like I'm in a different spot now. Um, before it was nice to get all the views and it was very flattering for my ego. But I don't, I don't necessarily, outside of the entertainment realm, I don't think it was very valuable. You know, I don't think, mm-hmm. like, I don't think it was very valuable to somebody, and I don't think that would really leave anything other than a quick flash in the pan. It's not, 
it's not uh it's not something that's long term you know it's nice to see those numbers grow but i also feel maybe maybe it's a self thing too i I also feel more accomplished trying to help other people out and i'm i'm loving this new content man because your approach and the way that you explain things i i seem to be able to connect with and i've i trust me i've gone through so many different youtube channels and drum videos and and all kinds of stuff and just the way that you explain and and your your whole approach to um the information that you're trying to give out is just uh like it just connects with me immediately and i i i get it i understand and i love that i love that about it and i hope that uh our listeners and and everyone else seeing these videos connects in the same way and gets uh get something out of it because uh i i'm loving it man i'm loving all these these new ones especially uh the one you released on friday that is uh drummer's guide to drum recording and the mic placement um that you can we'll we'll put a link in the show notes here uh so you can check it out there's a free drum mini series uh, it's all on uh, mic placement. Uh, you just have to sign up for it, and it's uh, it's awesome, man. You go through all kinds of mics. Uh, we we did have a number of questions from the audience, and several of them were just simply about drum mics and and what ones you would choose. And you the the Lewitt Audio stuff. I have a couple of their mics as well, and it seems like that's uh, a lot of w- what you use around the kit and stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they make great affordable mics that seem to be up there with some of the best. So, uh, anybody who asks those questions, go check out this, uh, drum mic placement and you go through all the drum mic. The one thing I did notice is, uh, the room mics, what room mics are you, uh, are you rocking over there? Oh, those are the apex 210 B they're super cheap. I think they're only like 120 bucks a pop. Nice. But uh, yeah, it's like, it's, that's what I mean. Like, as long as you get your room sounding, you know, okay, then, you know, you know, like there's so many expensive microphones on the market. So many expensive microphones. Yeah. Like the SM7B that you've got right there is perfect. Yeah. It's perfect for vocals. People mm-hmm. go out and buy Neumanns and, u87s and and everything else and these expensive ass rigs and stuff and it's just like well is you're just polishing a turd you know get that room sounding good get your playing down play tight tune your guitars tune your bass yeah that's what it comes down to you know yeah and tune your drums for christ's sake you know yeah <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, all these memes <laughs> that are like a drummer sitting there waiting for the guitar player tunes like motherfucker why aren't, why aren't you tuning get your drums to sing yeah. you know yeah you could yeah. tune louder than Change them your heads. Oh, I, I don't need to tune you're just gonna sample replace it anyway mm. don't matter <laughs> it's just gonna sound awful under that sample isn't it oh god uh. you're supposed to just tune live in front of the crowd so that makes it look like you know what you're doing oh yeah why not just just get your guitar player (laughs) i do just get your guitar player to tune down real low you never hear the flub of the tom yeah hell don't even put skins on it 
You don't even need drumsticks anymore. Just use your hands. Yeah. Dude, just back backtrack all the drums. It's fine. Why do you even need a drummer, really? Why are we having this conversation? Why, yeah. Like, is this real life? I don't know. <laughs> and this is the final yeah, episode of the podcast. We've been replaced by MIDI drums. Superior drummer uh, <laughs> is now taking over the podcast. That's it. Uh, so also, um, along with um, this uh, drum mic placement, uh little 10 video tutorial you got going on i also noticed that you can hop on the waiting list for your online drum mixing course uh do you do you care to explain uh what that might entail uh if somebody does sign up for this waiting list because uh i am quite intrigued because your drums sound absolutely phenomenal in all your videos so I I personally would love to to learn a little bit more about your drum mixing. So is, is there anything uh, specific about this course that you want to let our our listeners and myself know about? Oh yeah. <laughs> I have an outline here and you know, we're going to talk about the obvious like when it comes to ki- like kick and snare, overheads, rooms, the drum bus, the mix bus, the master bus, stuff like that. But I also want to talk about like um, a little bit more about workflow. And I also want to talk about like a mixing mindset when it comes to mixing drums. And that's obviously going to depend on what you're mixing for. So that's kind of what you can expect from this course. I've got the wait list and maybe I can provide that for you guys in the show notes too. But uh, I just I just wanted to gauge interest to see if there was enough value there for people and you know to put up a wait list to see if people wanted it but yeah we're going to talk about all that stuff and then some and you know i'll probably include some free multi tracks too to download and along with that and you can mix along with me kind of thing oh that's so. awesome man yeah nice. i'm super pumped for that uh i definitely i still gotta hop on that waiting list but uh yeah man i uh i'm always curious about uh people's workflows and uh you know like what compressors they're using on their snare drums i've i've been getting super nerdy about all that stuff recently so i'm always down to check out what other guys are doing especially uh guys that have drums that sound as awesome as yours and just to hear your your multi-tracks if if you're going to provide those and and what that room really sounds like on process so that uh that'd be be a lot of fun so any of you listeners out there, make sure you hop on that, and then uh, all of us will will do this together. It'd be be hella fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Best so. friends. <laughs> yeah, best friends. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to all hop in our ban- banana hammocks and get to mixing drums together. It'd be great. <laughs> oh, I'm not touching your mix knob, buddy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, awesome, man. Um, Derek, you got you got any uh, any other questions here, bud? <laughs> I, can't, I can't. I don't know if I can follow. Are, are up we ended on that's that note. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> and fade out. Fade out. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Well, Cam, man, thanks for coming back on the show. It's great chatting with you. Uh, I love uh, everything you're doing and uh, we're going to post all these links in the show notes. Check it out. If you need session 
uh, remote session work done. If you need drums, hit up Cam. Guy is uh, excellent. Any genre doesn't matter, right? You 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 go across the board: pop, rock, metal, reggae. You know. If you know what you do now. <laughs> well, yeah, specialize in metal. But if you got if you got something with some some flair to it, some cheese, and I'll see what I can do. But yeah, you, yeah, you can book that through my website and. All other inquiries are to be made through there. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. It was a pleasure again. Uh, hopefully this is not the last time that uh, we get you on here to, to chat about things. Uh, Corey, you got anything else, man? No, that uh, I, I think that's it, man. It's been great chat. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we get to do this again. And uh, everybody go, go check out these uh, recent videos if you haven't already, because... Uh, you know, get get educated with Cameron Fleury. You know, he's 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 fucking crushing it over here. So I know I know I'm learning a lot. So it's uh it's great. And it was awesome to to sit down and chat with you today, brother. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm sure like you know, from till now till the next time, we'll I'm sure we'll be ba- or I'll be back with you. But uh no, it was good chatting. Hopefully somebody learned something and Don't forget to check out all those links and keep coming back to listen to We're Talking Drums. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling especially kind, we would love it if you would share this with a friend or two. If you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions for future shows, please let us know. You can fire us a message and we'll do our best to get back to you. Catch you next time.